Welcome back to The Deal with Yield. As usual, we have host Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead. Filling in for Kyle Reiner this week, we have Mike Vandalot, Winfield Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer. On this episode, we'll be talking about water. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. And I've been hearing a lot about water lately. Why is water such a hot topic right now? Well, certainly, when you start to look at global demand for food, we got 7 billion people going to 9 billion, so we're going to have to feed more people. And then the next piece is the change in the diet. I mean, as people go from poverty and go into the middle class, the first thing they do is to want to eat more animal protein. And, of course, the good news for the U.S. farmer on that animal protein is about corn and soybeans. But when you take a look at the world's water, only 1% of it's fresh, 70% of that 1% is used by agriculture. So, I mean, it's important that we get every single bushel out of every drop of water that we can if we're going to feed the ever-improving diet that the increasing population on the planet wants to eat. So how can farmers start maximizing the benefits of every raindrop? So the good news that's happening is that high-end yield potential of genetics continues to go up because we're breeding at the molecular level. So when a particular acre gets the right amount of rainfall for that acre, if we're responding with the right input applications, obviously we can drive yield to levels that we have never seen before. So being able to measure the amount of rain, available water on an ongoing basis, and then clearly having the understanding of what incremental inputs go on that acre helps us to increase the yield. And by the way, then that actually reduces the inputs per bushel which includes water, so increasing the bushels for every drop of water, but also for every other input that's going on that crop. The second point here would really be all about the genetics that we have, making sure you're picking the right genetics, because, again, from marker-assisted plant breeding, we know so much more about where the drought-tolerant genes are, and being able to know where those genes means we can select the right hybrids for those acres where we tend to have drought. Getting back to maximizing the benefits of every raindrop, Winfield, of course, working with producers to find the hybrids that will work best for them, the drought-tolerant hybrids. Winfield has the uh, largest applied science research program on the planet. We call it our answer plots. And we do about 200 locations across the U.S., 750,000 small plots of research, And one of the key things that we do is we characterize the genetics that are there, characterize them for the soil type, for the previous crop, for the fertility program. We have a weather station at each of those locations, so we know on a daily basis how much rain that acre is, and we're able to track which hybrids have the most inherent drought tolerance. And then we're also able to track which hybrids perform best under no-till, reduced-till, in those areas where we use those kind of production practices to reduce water evaporation, we know the right hybrids that go with that type of cropping system. Again, trying to get every raindrop to count for bushels. Getting back to more on population and just how your Winfield staff works with the farmers to make sure they take care of issues such as the seed population as well. Uh, Tell us a little bit more. So the first thing that you have to have is you have to be picking the right hybrid for that acre. And, of course, the two things that you can't change on an acre are previous crop, what you grew there last year, and your soil type. So going back to our answer plot program, we know what genetics do best on the different soil types in the previous crops. 
So having that piece of information, and then all of the hybrids are planted at different populations so that we can uh, figure out if the hybrids are ones that need high densities to express their high-end yield potential or the ones that have really good ear flex at the lower plant populations. So making sure you're doing your hybrid selection right and then getting the right hybrid on the right soil type at the right plant population with the right previous crop. We have our data-driven answer plot data that ensures that we can help that grower make that right hybrid choice. By the way, genetics has become the highest price investment input decision that a grower makes, and we feel really good at Winfield that we have more information that enables that farmer to make that right decision. And Mike, the answer plot system is so valuable for producers and really gives them the data that they need. It helps them from start to finish. You really are providing a valuable service to farmers. Tell us a little bit more. How are things going? It sounds like you're expanding and things are really going well for you. Yeah, information is really important to the grower to help them make the right decisions. And historically, it was what the extension service used to do. But the extension service doesn't have the kind of funding that they've had in the past. Winfield, so we're a cooperative, the farmers own us. So we have basically used the farmers' earnings to develop our answer plot program, and it really fills the gap that the extension service used to do in the past. So for a lot of the other companies out there, their profitability is really about doing what's right for their shareholders. But in the case of the cooperative system, the farmer owns us. So we're actually using the farmer's money to make sure that we have data that enables us to drive and sell that grower the products that are best for him, which is the way the cooperative system is supposed to work. Can you tell us a little bit more about the concept of the weather stations? At each of the locations, we have a weather station that every half hour takes the temperature, what's the rainfall, what's the cloud cover, what's the humidity, and then we have sensors at one foot, two foot, three foot deep, so we always know the amount of available water for that crop as it's growing. So as the growing season proceeds forward, we start to have this database of what all the weather looks like, and then we can start to take a look at what hybrids, what populations, what farming practices, what traits Given the amount of rainfall that's falling on that acre, you get to put those layers of information together to start to drive those insights about what are the things that we can help a farmer decide on that optimizes his yield potential. And can you talk more about controlling weeds and how that also benefits with water management? Most of the water that falls on the acre It can't get to making a bushel if weeds are growing and the weeds steal that moisture. So having the proper weed control and, of course, with the uh, weed resistance issues that we have out there, but making sure that you're using the right herbicides, multiple modes of action, using the right adjuvants and surfactants to make sure that you get that control and right cropping system, right crop rotations are important parts of that as well. Mike, anything else we should talk about today in terms of water or other issues? Well, I think the one thing that we probably might have missed is the importance of no-till and reduced-till. Once we were able to do no-till and reduced-till, which was really enabled by a lot of the herbicide-tolerant traits that, for the first time ever, we were able to get good weed control without disturbing the soil surface, 
And once we didn't have to disturb the soil surface and we let all the residue accumulate there, I mean, the first thing we were able to do was really reduce soil erosion. And, of course, soil types here in the United States, probably the biggest natural resource, certainly from an agricultural perspective, that we have. And then the second thing is because the residue still stayed on the uh, soil surface, we reduced the amount of evaporation of the water, which then allowed more use of every drop or getting more bushels for every drop of rainfall that fell on that acre. And I mean, at the end of the day, that means higher yields. And for our consumers, that means lower prices. So the reduced till, no-till, and how the new herbicide-tolerant systems have really enabled that was really one of the great innovations that will really improve water quality and water utilization going forward. And, Mike, we have a comment from Joel with us today. Yeah, Mike, you talked about Roundup being part of a system that allowed us to go into no-till. What role do you see the 2,4-D or dicamba traits playing in those fields? As is typical of any biological system, the biology of the field adapts to what's going on, and we've seen some weed resistance issues develop to Roundup, and uh, no different than when we have human diseases and we get resistance to antibiotics, we come up with new modes of action, new antibiotics. So same way in the field, and 2,4-D and dicamba, those traits are going to be new mode of action to allow us to respond to weed resistance and come up with some new production practices and new molecules that will uh, control those weed issues. And, of course, the biggest issues have been in the small-seeded broadleaves, and uh, both dicamba and 2,4-D have very nice efficacy on that style of weed, so we feel really optimistic that we'll be able to maintain the level of weed control that we've had in the past and be able to continue with these no-tilled and reduced-tilled methods of conserving soil water and preventing erosion. And it seems like we are hearing more talk about cover crops. How do cover crops fit into your strategy? Well, that goes back to this whole thing about soil health. You know, like I commented, our soil types is probably one of the best natural resources America has had. And when that soil is open over the winter, that certainly opens up the loss of soils to soil erosion and wind erosion. So in areas where you can put a cover crop on that field to hold the soil there when you get the heavy rains or you get the heavy winds, certainly uh, preserves our soil types. And then, of course, as that organic matter, as that plant material is worked back into that field, we get an increase in organic matter and increase in soil health. So certainly in the areas where you have enough time during the growing season to do that, it certainly makes a lot of sense to grow cover crops. Now, you kind of get squeezed as you move further and further north, and your growing season gets shorter and shorter. So finding the right cover crop that's going to enable us to still get a long enough growing season, or maybe it'll be more minimum till in those areas. But again, any of these practices that reduce soil erosion, and preserves the amount of water in the soil is going to help us use every drop of rain. And Joel, any final comments on water? Well, I think, you know, as we think about water optimization, it kind of boils down into three categories. One of them is going to be water in arid climates, where if you're pumping water through a pivot, you know, we want to optimize every droplet that comes out of there and not pump more than what we need. So that's obviously a huge opportunity in some more arid row crop production areas. But there's also two other categories, and one of them would be nitrates. Uh, as we think about leaching through the groundwater, certainly there's been some public awareness there in some of the states around drinking water and some of the municipal pieces 
about keeping nitrates on the field. The third category would be about phosphorus. That one actually adheres to the soil, so the only way you're really going to move that is from surface movement. And what, what you think about is soil erosion. So if you're losing phosphorus, the likelihood is it's adhered to a soil particle. And as we think about water optimization, those are three categories that, depending upon your geography, might be a, a higher target than others. But in general, it, it's going to be on the radar for everybody to have an opportunity to do a better job optimizing those nutrients and keeping them on the targeted field. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth and this week's guest, Mike Vandalot, Winfield Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer. Thanks for joining us. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield or email them at host at dealwithyield.com for your chance to hear their response. 